Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father, that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So, God, we give you all the glory, all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The order of the church. We thank God for what God is bringing. Amen. We talked about what the church is not. And we know that the church is not a material building. I think all of us have a habit of saying, let's go to church. You are the church. So we have to get over that habit and understand that we are the church. So we know that the church is not a material building. We are the church. Um, The church is a body of believers who have been called out from the world by God. The reason why I'm going back over this is because I want everybody to understand we start teaching on the patterns of God, God's way of doing things. So we talked about the tabernacle and how um, God gave Moses the pattern for that tabernacle. And Moses had to follow through with the pattern that God gave him. We also were aware of how Moses, God used other people up under Moses to help him with the tabernacle. And everything in that tabernacle led up to Jesus Christ. And we understand that God gave Jesus a pattern. And when Jesus came down from heaven in the flesh, the word became flesh and dwelled among us, Jesus began to um, preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. And he began to proclaim the good news concerning the kingdom. And we know in order to get to the kingdom, we must go through who? Jesus Christ. So Jesus was coming to do God's will and not his will. Jesus was coming to give us the way that God wants this earth to be like it is in heaven, thy kingdom come. So this is why I'm going over the order of the church, the way it should be. It's not man that sets up the order. It is God. And God used Jesus Christ to bring this order to the earth the way he wanted it set up here on earth. So this is um, the reason why we're going over the order of the church. So the first thing we got to understand is that we're the church. We're the body of Christ. We're the believers now that we have accepted Jesus as our Lord. So when we come into this building, this is a building that we come into to fellowship. But we are his tabernacle. We are his building. So we have to understand that when we go out, we don't want people to think, come on, let's go to church. You are the church. You're bringing them what he has given you. You are his temple. So let's, let's start from there. We talked about a universal church. We know that a universal church is made up of believers worldwide that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. So a universal church is a church made up of worldwide believers all over the world. If we leave Miracle Temple and we go to China, and I said this before, and we begin to fellowship with those in China, those are universal believers. We have come out of our location, which is Burgal. We have got with other believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, we begin to fellowship because we're serving the same God. So whoever is over there in China that laid that foundation of Jesus Christ, when we come together, all of us should be taught based on the foundation that was already laid. This is why it takes teaching. We cannot just get saved, just get born again and stay home because um, God has set up a way for the body of believers to be taught in the body of Christ to be built up in the faith so we can all come into the unity of the faith. And this is why we're here tonight. 
So we know that a universal church is made up of believers worldwide, all over the world. To be a part of the universal church, you must be born again. A local church is made up of believers also, but it's in a certain location. Just like I say, Miracle Temple is the name of the building. We're located in Burga, North Carolina. So we have a set location where we come to every Tuesday, every Sunday, or whenever we see fit to come to fellowship, to come in prayer, to commune one with another. Now, we have Mount Pisica, it's right across from us. That's the name of that building. People go over there and they fellowship. Their Bible studies may be different from ours, but they have church just like we do. But the thing is, the same foundation is supposed to be laid no matter where you go fellowship at. And what I want people to understand is you might have different buildings set up with different names, but all of us have to know who we belong to. We don't belong to Miracle Temple. I'm going to set this out. We belong to God. We belong to Jesus Christ. This is where I'm going to start at now. So we determine what the local church was. We determine what the universal church was. Then I begin to talk about a foundation. We know a foundation is something that is laid. And who is the foundation? It is Jesus. Jesus is that foundation. Matthew 16, 18. What did he tell Peter? Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Jesus is that rock. This is how he builds the church's build upon Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. So this is why Paul said in what? First Corinthians, what was it? The third chapter. He said that there was no other foundation that can be laid except the one which is laid and which is founded on who? Jesus Christ. So when you hear teachings that's outside of what's being laid, you don't follow those teachings because it's not uh, founded upon that rock, which is Jesus Christ. So let's start here about knowing who you belong to. That's where we started last week. We know that there was a problem with um, the Corinthian church that was in Corinth. And what was going on with this church is they were being fleshly. They were being carnal. It was strife among them. Why was it strife among them? Because they were saying, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Paul, I'm of Cephas. So Paul had to come in there and bring correction unto that church. He had to let them know, he said, that him and Apollos, they were ministers of Jesus Christ. They come to actually do the work that they um, sent them to, that God sent them to do. First of all, he said, I plant Apollos water. God is going to give the increase. So he had to break that down. Paul was coming in there and planting. And what happened, Apollos was coming in there and he was watering based on the foundation that was laid. So this is how we should be as body of believers. We shouldn't be um, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. This is why you got to be taught dealing with the foundation of Jesus Christ. You got to uh, be taught what Jesus taught his disciples. And then there were the apostles and then there were the fivefold but everybody was taught the same doctrine and if you don't come to church well I'm saying come to church we're the church forgive me for that I'm used to saying that too if you don't come and fellowship and get the teaching knowing which foundation is the right foundation you will start going anywhere being tossed to and fro and that's where confusion come in at so we have to be careful on the doctrine that we receive we have to make sure that it lines up with the word of God. Jesus said that everything that he did, 
He did what he saw his father do. Jesus only spoke on what he heard from his father. So Jesus was not going outside of the word of God. So we see that um, Paul was letting them know that him and Apollos, they was workers. They were workers together. He called them the um, husbandry, which was the field. And he called them the building, which was the body of Christ. So Paul was making it known to them here that you don't follow me. You don't follow Apollos. You are following Jesus Christ. Remember Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. So that's what we're supposed to do. So what I want to do tonight is talk about unity in the church. Because the Holy Spirit had me looking back in the book of Acts where we've been um, where we see that in Acts, the first chapter, we see that Jesus was talking to the apostles. And he was talking to them, and he was giving them um, the kingdom, talking to them about the kingdom for 40 days. And as he was talking to them, you know, Jesus went to be with the Father, and they had to go into the upper room, and they had to wait for the power on high, to be clothed with the power on high. So as they were waiting, this is what the Lord showed me. They were with one accord. They were in unity. Unity means one. It means to be united. And why were they united and on one accord? First of all, all of them were taught the same thing. You know, they walked with Jesus. They were up under Jesus' teaching. So there should not have been anybody that was part of the group that were not taught the same thing because there would be division. And this is why in the body of Christ, when you have people coming in and they want to be part of um, the church, then they're going to have to be taught the same thing that the church has already been taught. This is when um, Peter began to tell them, um, I believe it was Peter, when they had to choose another apostle. They say that apostle that they chose had to be with them from John baptism on up to the time that Jesus left. Why? Because they had to be on one accord. They had to be taught the same thing. This is why people are tossed to and fro in the body of Christ. Because you have people that come into the body of Christ and say, this is where God will have for me to be. This is where I'm going to be. Then when they don't like what's being said, when that flesh is starting to rise up, then they go somewhere else and say, this is where God want me to be. God ain't no windshield wiper. Either he put you there or he didn't put you there. You can't keep flopping all over the place. This is where confusion come in at. And another thing is you cannot talk to people that are not in fellowship. What do I mean? You cannot talk to people that don't show up in the house of the Lord. You cannot talk to people that don't even pick up the word and they're trying to tell you something outside of what the word is saying. And it seemed like it's so true because they ain't missing a beat with it. They say, no, this is what, you know, the word of God says, but they ain't never been in it. They heard it from somebody else. They can't go into the word and find what the word is actually saying. That's not being united. You can't even come into prayer with the person that has not been in the word and that's not born again. That's not part of the kingdom. Why? Because he said, when two or three are gathered in my midst, he said, gathered together in my name, he said, I'm in the midst of them. So you have to talk with people and find out what do you believe? What is your belief? Some people don't do that. What they do just because somebody say, I know Jesus. He say, everybody that say, Lord, Lord, 
don't know me. You got a lot of people confessing Christ, but their lifestyle is not what they're confessing. When you confess Christ, your lifestyle is going to change. Nobody has to make you change. You know that change have come. How do you know that change have really come? Because it's a heart thing. It's no more just coming to the altar and crying and, and saying, oh, yes, I'm saved. I love Jesus. And then next week when you see the person, they're talking about how they've been to the club. Come on, that heart ain't changed. Because when your heart truly changed, it's like this right here. When you turn away from something, you truly turn away from it. And you don't even have to tell nobody you turn away from it. Because when they start hanging around you, I'll give you an example. And I'll use um, uh, Teresa back there. Teresa told us, that she loved Pepsi so much. And every time we seen Teresa, she had Pepsi in her hand. She come into church, she set the Pepsi down beside her. She leave out the church, you know, the bottle is empty because she bringing Pepsi with her. So every time we see Teresa, we don't have to ask her when she come to your house, what you want to drink, here go your Pepsi, because that's what she's used to. But when Teresa make up her mind and say, you know what, I don't need that Pepsi. That a Pepsi is not helping me. That, that Pepsi is causing things to go on in my body, and I don't need Pepsi no more. So all of a sudden, when Teresa come in, you, don't, you look down and say, well, Teresa, did you forget something? She didn't have to tell you she quit drinking Pepsi because her lifestyle is going to speak for her. Everywhere she go, when she go out to eat, she'll say, you know what, just give me water. I'll just have water. So she just keep drinking the water. And then people watching and saying, oh, that Pepsi going to pop up after a while. Year later, Teresa's still drinking water. Why? Because she had a made-up mind. When you make up your mind, this is why Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, when you make up your mind, it's a heart change. And when your heart truly changed towards him, you're turning. Why are you turning? Because you found him. You're holding on to him more than you holding on to the world. You recognize the world can't give me what he can. So we have to make sure that we have truly accepted him with our whole heart. And if you have truly accepted him with your whole heart, just like um, Peter and them began to pray for that next apostle that was going to take Judah's place, Peter and them had to say, this has to be a person that has been with us from the time of John the Baptist until the time that Jesus left. They cannot be any person that's just going to pop up in the middle. They got to be with us from the beginning of John's ministry on up to the time that Jesus left. Why? Because we were all taught the same doctrine. We were all taught the same thing. We're all in unity. We're one. We're walking together. We are agreeing. And that's who we're going to have walking amongst us. So that's the first thing that they had to do. They had to come together in unity. And they did chose someone. Then the second chapter of Acts, they had to wait for the power to be endued with power from on high. And I may be moving fast, but follow along or go back and watch it again. But I'm so excited because when you see the pattern of how Jesus done things, then you can look around you wherever place you go fellowship. You can tell if they are unified. You can tell if they are on one accord. Because even in the body of Christ, you can have members part of the same um, body, but everybody got different beliefs. How is that? That shouldn't be. And see, this is why before you, before I personally, put anybody anywhere, I want to make sure that we're on one accord. I'm not going to put somebody on Judah 
and they don't show up to fellowship. I'm not going to put somebody up there to sing before people and you don't even never sing them and see them until they're ready to sing on Sunday. No, they have to be taught the same thing that you're being taught because if we're not on one accord, what are you going to have in the body of Christ? You're going to have confusion. And where confusion is, there's what? It's strife, it's division, it's all of that. See, this is what the enemy wants. This is why you have to be taught the order of the church. Just because you can sing, just because you're polite, just because you pay your tithes, just because, you know, you're doing works, that don't mean that you're unified. It does not mean that. So this is why we need to know the order. So all of them had to be endued with power on high. They had to be clothed with power. And I'm going to back up a little bit in St. John, the 20th chapter. This is talking about, um, what is his name, uh, Didymus Thomas. When Jesus showed up um, with the disciples and Thomas wasn't there, but I'm going to go above Thomas. And when Jesus showed up with those disciples, he began to breathe on them. And as he breathed, he said, receive the Holy Ghost. This part was the indwelling part of the Holy Ghost. But the part I'm going into is Acts, the second chapter, is when you endue with the power from on high. Now, we don't talked about this, but I'm going to tell you the reason why I'm going here. Everything that Jesus taught those disciples is what he already went through. Jesus could not even start his ministry until he was endued with power from on high. Because remember, he came in the flesh as a man. So Jesus, when he came into the flesh as a man, he had to be endued with the power because by him having the power, he can show the works of God. He can show the kingdom of God. He can demonstrate the kingdom of God here on earth. So Jesus could not walk the earth and um, bring the kingdom down here to earth without being endued with power. So y'all know after he was endued with power, he went into the wilderness. Y'all know about that. And after that, he was choosing whom? His disciples. He had disciples following him. Those disciples were taught. But when Jesus got ready to leave, guess what? Those disciples had to have what Jesus had when he walked the earth. Why? Because Jesus said, you can't demonstrate what I have taught. You can't demonstrate healing. You can't demonstrate deliverance. You cannot um, multiply bread. You can't do none of that without the power that's going to come upon you to help you be an effectual witness. So all of them had to be endued with this power. This is why they went to the upper room in Jerusalem. He said, do not leave this upper room. I want you to go on the day of Pentecost. See how he set up stuff? Because he was getting them ready to proclaim this good news concerning the kingdom. And they was going to proclaim even Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. But they had to be endued with power from on high. And that power, how people know that you endued with that power, is the evidence of speaking in tongues. You know, some people start speaking in tongues. They say, oh, oh, they got the power. But that don't mean you get up in church and just start speaking. So we know that these disciples, they waited. They got endued with the power. After that happened, now guess what? Now they're ready for ministry. You cannot be ready to go out and to do what Jesus done until you endued with that power. But remember this, those apostles were taught by who? By Jesus. Those apostles were taught by him. So he taught them 
so they can lay the foundation that he gave them. So he was turning over this unto them. Peter was the first one to get up and Peter spoke with boldness. Why? Because of the power of God that come upon him. It wasn't Peter. It was the power of God that come upon him to allow him to speak the way he spoke. After Peter got to got through proclaiming this good news concerning Jesus, concerning the kingdom, guess what? People's hearts were pricked. Why? Because he was proclaiming the word. The Holy Spirit was releasing the power. And people say, what must we do? So Peter told them, this is what you have to do. So after Peter told them that they had to repent, that means that they had to have a change of mind. Your mindset has to change. You know why their mindset has to change? Because they were thinking worldly. They were thinking opposite to the kingdom. So once the mindset changed concerning Jesus Christ, guess what? They were baptized. That means that, you know, water baptism, that's what the water baptism is. But then the part that I'm getting to is, we're going right back to Acts 2 and look at verse 41. It says, then they gladly received his word. They gladly received it, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Those 3,000 souls come from the ones who were up there on the day of Pentecost. And it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in their teaching. They were participating. They were sharing, you know, in the apostles' doctrine, their teaching. So this is what we're doing right now. I'm giving you the teaching. We all in here are supposed to be on one accord. We all getting taught the same thing, right? So after they were getting taught the same thing, it says in breaking of bread and in prayers. And we know 43 saying fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. That, that's, the apostles were showing them signs and wonders. And remember Jesus said, you're going to be an effectual witness for me, right? So he go to signs and wonders. And then he says, and all that believe, this is where I'm going, were together and had all things common. And all that believed were together and had all things common. That means they shared all things. So what am I saying with the body of Christ? We have to be in unity. We have to be united. We have to be on one accord. Can't be no isms and schisms in the body of Christ. If everybody is coming in here for the same thing, we're supposed to have the same mind, the same purpose. Let's say Julia, for example, she getting the same teaching that you guys are getting. But all of a sudden, Julia is stirring up something in the body of Christ. It is up to the ones that she's around to bring correction according to the word of God. Why? Because that's what we do to bring us back in unity. The enemy knows that, you go that very same scripture that said, if there's aught, right? If there's aught between the believers, what you're going to do? You're going to go to that brother or the sister that you have aught with. Why? Because we want to stay in unity. We want to be on one accord. Why? Because when we're on one accord, guess what? We are sharing everything. We're saying nothing I have belongs to me. It belongs to the kingdom. It belongs to whoever in this room have need of it because it's not mine. So this is why we have to be unified. This is why we have to be 
on one accord where there's no division. The enemy loved division. He loved people to always give their opinion. We wouldn't be so opinionated if we know what the word says for ourselves. We wouldn't be so offensive if we know what the word says. We would um, line up with what God is saying according to his word. Is that not what Jesus done? So we're supposed to be doing what Jesus done. If we're followers of Jesus Christ, then we're supposed to do what Jesus done. This is why Paul went to these churches, what? To bring unity, to put them on the same accord so they can be unified, so they can continue this work that Paul had laid. Paul said, okay, now this is out of order up in here. So let's see what the word has to say. So Paul always brought correction in the body of Christ. He only was laying the foundation of Jesus Christ. The way that Jesus would do it, that's how Paul would do it. He was bringing it right back to them. Let's look at another verse in scripture that says in verse 44, Again, and all that believed were together and had all things common. And look what they did. They were so much together. And sold their possessions and goods and parted, it, parted them to all men as every man have, had need. Did y'all know that's what the church does? Is that happening? Nope. This is mine. I work hard for it. And ain't nobody getting it. They need to work like I work, and then they can have what I have. That land was given to me, and it ain't going to no church. But the Bible says that when these believers came together, they had all things common. <laughs> that means everything that, when there was a need, they came in on that need. They were unified. Y'all, do you understand that when you are in unity, when you become on one accord and you're doing it according to the kingdom, there will be nothing missing in this house. Because nothing belongs to me. It belongs to God. So if God puts something in my hand, he's putting it in my hands for a reason. So let me give you an example. Like I said, this church had about, what, seven, eight cars. People turned the titles over to me and my husband. Y'all, if I was a nasty preacher... I would have said, honey, line them up across the yard. We're getting ready to get paid. Mm -mm. Serious business. Every title we got, this is the first thing me and my husband said, God, who do you want to have this vehicle? We could have kept the vehicle. Who do you want to have this vehicle? Somebody's in the need of this vehicle. So where do you want us to, who you want us to give this vehicle? Some of the vehicles had stuff wrong with them. Guess what? We took and put tires on them. We took to the body shop. Who would give somebody something that's tore up? That's not kingdom, is it? So we fixed it. We gave it to, to whoever God told us to give it to. And I remember the last vehicle that we had. This vehicle, my husband adored it. No, it was the next to the last. i never forget it. Little white Honda. Y'all probably see my husband running errands for the church, driving that thing. It was a gas saver. He loved that Honda, y'all. So one day, this lady was in the need of a car. Okay. This is what I, I said, but thank God that I know the word. I said, you know, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that you get you a car because you, you travel everywhere. I'm going to pray that God get you a car. Soon as I said that, the Holy Spirit checked me. He said, how can you pray to get a car when you already got one? I'm like, well, that one can't get that one. That, my husband loved that one right there. We're gonna, that's a keeper. So it was like, okay, let me talk to my husband about this. Before I even told her, 
And I looked at my husband and I said, now, you know we got to give away that car. My husband looked at me like I was crazy. He did. And I had to pray and say, Lord, you got to change his heart because this lady really need this car. And guess what? God changed his heart and the lady got the car. Now tell me, is that kingdom? And this is what I do. I don't just tell you stuff just to tell you. First, he had to raise me and my husband up on these very same scriptures to see what we were going to do before I'm able to give it to you. I'm like this. Why would any man or woman get behind a pulpit and tell the congregation, the body of Christ, this is what you're supposed to do and they're not doing it? Why would they get behind the pulpit and say you pay tithes and they're not paying tithes because they think that they shouldn't have to? I don't see nowhere in this Bible that it says that the fivefold shouldn't give. Do you? Have anybody found it? Uh-uh. Why would God say one thing for one person and not do it for the other? He have no respectable person. So what I'm saying is they had everything in common. They were on one accord. They were unified. They were one. They were going towards the same goal. And that's what we're supposed to be doing in the body of Christ. This is why you check the vision of who you up under. And see if that vision line up with his word. God is not going to give somebody nothing outside of his word. He's not going to do it. So anytime you become a part of a church, do not just be a part. See what the vision is. See what, because God is going to give it to them, and it's going to be according to the word of God. So we see in verse 45, it said they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And listen at this. And they continued daily with what? one accord in the temple breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved who added to the church the Lord added to the church so what I'm saying is when we get on in unity and we get on one accord thank you Holy Ghost I want to say this we're going to get into the fivefold but the Holy Ghost just told me something. God ain't going to add to nothing when unity is broken. Especially the one that's going out, that's ministering and ain't in unity in the body, of, the body that they're put in. Because how can a person go out and minister and say, come in and fellowship with us when that person ain't one with the body of believers? Is that toe up? Do you think God's going to release his power on that? Mm -mm. This is why we have to be on one accord. We have to be speaking the same thing, have the same mind. All of us that are born again has the mind of Christ. This is why you have to make sure that you're getting taught the same doctrine. We got people today that's going behind pastor's backs, trying to tell people what the pastors are teaching is wrong to try to gather up people up under them. Well, that ain't exactly what that say. This is what that is saying. So you have to be careful who you're around and who you're listening to because that's bringing division. Remember Paul said, he said, we, what was it? They're only ministers. They're only workers. And they're working towards the same thing. They're workers of who? Of God. Paul plant, Apollos water, who give the increase. 
God give the increase. This is why you have to know the doctor. And if you know the doctor and when somebody come up to you, you're going to know who they belong to. You're going to know that the doctrine that they're giving you is not right and you don't follow that. This is why when people are knocking on your doors and say, can I come in? I need to tell you something. No, but I need to tell you something. And then you begin to tell them about the foundation of Jesus Christ. You know, did you know that Jesus died for past, present, and future sins? And did you know he was buried? And guess what? And he rose. And if he didn't rise, we wouldn't be justified. We wouldn't be set apart. We wouldn't be sanctified. And then you need to say, did Buddha get up yet? I don't see him. So this is why we need to be on one accord. And then another scripture dealing with being unified. I think everybody's familiar with this scripture. Y'all remember the Tower of Babel back in there in Genesis, the 11th chapter. Uh, was it Nimrod began to build that tower? But guess what, y'all? Did y'all ever think about this? He could not build it by himself. He had to tell them about what he was building, and all of them had to come together to build. Is that not right? I don't think one man could have built that much. What you think, Manny? Could you think you could do it by yourself? This is how it is in the, in, in, in the church. Man think that some men and women think they can do it by themselves. They think they don't need no help. That's out of order. It's out of order. Nimrod, he knew he needed help to build that tower. So he began to tell them about what he was doing. They began to get on one accord. And this is what God said in Genesis, the 11th chapter, verse 6. The Lord said, now these people are united, one, all speaking the same one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do. They will be able to do anything they want. Nothing they want to do will be impossible for them. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. So God knew when you're on one accord, when you're thinking the same thing and you're doing the same thing, guess what? You're going to get something accomplished. Why do y'all think that the devil come in the church and guess how he get in here? Anybody know? He need a body. You don't think he's just, he can't do nothing when you don't really see him. He needs somebody he can whisper in their ear to bring the vision, to tear up what God has given the one he has given it to. So what he's going to do is he's going to look back there at Miss Deborah and say, mm-hmm. they don't know what they're doing. You need to tell them. You need to tell them that that's wrong. They ain't how that should be done. So if Miss Deborah don't shut that down, Every day he's telling her the same thing, same thing. She's not casting it down. So then she go whisper to Quana. And then what she's telling Quana, Quana ain't never looked at it before. Just like Eve ain't never thought about that tree until the devil put her mind on it. So then, then Miss Deborah go tell Quana and, and Quana sit there and say, well, I ain't never thought about it like that. Well, maybe Miss Deborah is right. Let me go share this with Sister Niece. Then she go tell Sister Niece about it. Sister Niece said, well, I ain't never thought about it like that either, Quan. Let me go share it with Jennifer. And then Sister Niece go to Jennifer. And Jennifer said, uh-uh, that's a lie. I don't even want to hear it. That's a lie. I don't even know. That is a lie from the pit of hell because you know that's not how apostles operate. We're going to shut that down right now. Guess what? We're getting back. Somebody got to shut it down. If you keep letting it run through the church, guess what? The enemy is doing his job. 
That's how he tried to break unity. It's always someone that thinks they know more than somebody else. But in that case, God would have gave it to you. Is that not right? Why is it people jump on the, uh, on the wagon when somebody get an idea, but when nothing ain't going on, you don't even want to get in the wagon? Somebody tell me that. Everybody want a part of it. Everybody want it's so quiet in here. So anyway, we see the Tower of Babel, right? We see what God had to do, what he had to do. He said, we got to shut that down. So all of them had one language. God took and bought what? Confusing. They began to talk. He said, huh? What's that? Huh? What's that? Oh, thank you, Holy. The Holy Ghost is so funny because y'all act like y'all don't know my language. Uh-huh. Jennifer, look at somebody like, how you doing? <laughs> no, no. No, when y'all mess with Jennifer, write it down. <laughs> She'll get back with you. Y'all be on one accord when you write it down. See, I can mess with Jennifer. Jennifer ain't offensive. <laughs> but if I told somebody, why, why she put me out there like that? She didn't have to call my name. She could have said, mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that's why we're family, y'all. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Come here, Jennifer. Come here, baby. I'm going to show you something about unity. I, I, she don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm just going to let her do it. Hold this mic, baby. Now give it back. Take it again. Give it back. Take it again. See, she's just being obedient. Don't you know what she's going to do? Okay, my question to you is, how well do you know me? I know you pretty well. Okay. Yeah, you're a sweet lady. Uh, nice. You're always there for me when I need you. You're always comforted, comforting to me, and you uplift me, and I just know you well. You're just awesome. Would I tell you anything wrong? No, I don't think so. She said she don't think so. <laughs> Give me the mic. She said she don't think. See, see, see. No, you wouldn't tell me that you're wrong. You ain't told me that wrong so far. So see, let me tell you. Let me tell you. No. Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. See, I love you, Jennifer. I love you too. Look, this is where we mess up at when we say, I don't think. So, I'm going to tell you why she said that too. I'm man, a woman. I could fail her. That's why she said, I don't think so but knowing me she would trust me without a think in it because she watched my walk that's the difference but we got a lot of I don't think so in here when it come to me that's not one accord because whomever God puts you under whatever they say you're supposed to trust them enough to say God you told them not me so I'm going to trust what they're saying because it's lining up with the word though my flesh is hurting God I'm going to trust them okay no she, she's a precious child let me, let me say this right here Jennifer ain't been one of the ones that's been whooped by me you go sit down come here sister Neith. 
See, we're we still talking about unity. We're still talking about being on one accord, but this is why I'm saying this. If I'm laying the foundation and I'm teaching you, right, and you're following me as I follow Christ, then whatever I tell you to do, you shouldn't buck me. You should be on one accord with me, even though you don't like it, you're going to do what the word is telling you to do, and you're not going to do anything outside the word, right? How well you know me, Sister Nee? Very well. You're a woman that means what you say. You take the word as whatever the word said, that's what you're going to do. Whatever God tell you to do, you don't change your mind. You don't care who say what. You're going to do what God tell you to do. That's now, just you. Have you been whooped? Yes. I'm going to tell you about her whooping. <laughs> she don't mind. See, that's why we got to be on one accord. She know me. I'll laugh with you on. Yes, ma'am. I'll cry with you on. Yes, ma'am. But what else would I do with you? You will rebuke me and have rebuked me. Look, check this out, y'all. When this woman right here was having a pity party. Mm. I can't take it. I just can't take it. I'm just going to give up. I listened to her. Yep. What I tell you? You say, Sister Niece, if you give up and you not, you give up your position, all you're going to do, I'm going to put somebody else in it, and you're going to be sitting there wishing that you'd have kept your position, and I'm not going to give it back to you because you gave it up. That's what she told me. Now, ask them how well do they know Apostle. Now, how well do you know Apostle? Mm -hmm. Do you know why I told Sister Nice that? Because she would disrupt what's going on in the house by how she feels. And I'm doing something for the Lord. So I can't let her just stay there in her feeling. Mm -hmm. Either you grow up and you mature or you got to sit down because you're going to stop the flow of what God is doing. Amen. So what's That's going on now, sister? I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm walking it. I'm doing it. And I'm not worried about people. Long I please him, I'm pleasing her. I'm pleasing him. And I'm pleasing my husband. Sometimes it don't be pleasing to me and my husband. <laughs> but we're doing what God say do. Anytime God has put a shepherd over you, if you can't do who... If you can't do what they're telling you to do and trust them that they see God and you see they walk and they're not doing and telling you nothing wrong, you don't need to be here. Now, is that one accord? Yeah. I have to be on one accord who God put up under me. Yeah. If we ain't on one accord, the body can't follow. Right. right? It's the head. If the head get out of whack, that body, I'll give you an example. Whoever been dizzy before? Yeah. Where did dizziness start at? And where the rest of the body going, Miss Mary? It's going down. Because <laughs> the only thing you can do is lay it down. Because when you get up, you don't see nothing. Is that right? So if my hand ain't acting right, it ain't in line with my body. Right? Move the head. So I got to get that hand acting right. But then they say, if it ain't, did, what, what do the Bible say about cutting something off? Cut your hand, you cut it off. If your left hand offend you, you cut it off. Thank you. Anybody else understand unity and how unity works? Because, see, it starts with the head. See, I have to be on one accord with him. 
If I'm not on one accord with him, he's not going to allow me, not unless I do it on my own, to come in here and give you something because I have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to check me. He's going to let me know you can't go up there like that. You got to get that right. You got to get that right with Bob before you go up there and teach them people because you ain't on one accord. That's not what my words say. So this is why those disciples had to be taught, y'all, for how long? Three years. Some people don't want to be taught a week before they quit church. <laughs> Show up for a few days and then like, I can't take that. That's just too long. Y'all stay in church too long. I ain't never seen nobody stay in church that long. I'm used to getting five minutes and going home. I know when 12 o'clock come. All right, we're getting ready to shut down. But if you want to learn and be taught, it takes time, y'all. This is why we come out on Tuesday nights so we can get taught what the word is saying. And you don't only get it for yourself. I don't know about y'all. Remember Sunday how the Lord was telling man how full he was and he had to let it out. And when you let it out, you go fill back up again. You have to let out what you got in there to get, you know, full again. Some people come in here Hold what they got. Don't give nobody nothing. And then how you think you're going to make disciples? You cannot do that. You can't do it by hitting and missing or getting in your feelings. These people were on one accord with one another. The people at the Tower of Babel, y'all, they were on one accord. They was trying to reach heaven. <laughs> and no, they weren't going to get there, but they tried. At least they was on one accord trying to do it together. So then another scripture is Acts. I went over that one too. 41 through 47, um, Acts 4.32, look at this one. And it says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. That means that they shared all things. They didn't look at what they had of as being their own. I believe they looked at it like this. Everything that they had, they said, God, this is yours. What do you want me to do with what I have? With what I have? Because that's how they were taught that nothing belongs to you. God owns everything. So whatever God tell you to do with what you have, that's what you need to do. That's a part of y'all not being selfish. And this is what God don't want us to be in the kingdom of God is selfish because it's not about us. It's all about him. And when we recognize that we're doing everything according to him and not according to us, we will leave flesh out of it, y'all. Every day we can say, wait a minute, God, not my will, but your will be done today. God, you already know what I have. God, you already know what I'm in the need of. But God, what I have is not mine. So how do you want me to take what I have? And give to somebody else. May not be much. But God will show you how to do it. Because he's teaching you kingdom principles. And this is what the apostles was doing with those disciples. They were only teaching them what they got from Jesus. They were laying that foundation. But the most important thing. Guess what? He was building his church. He was building that spiritual house. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And when we do it his way. I'm telling you, y'all, you will see the church growing. You will see increase because we're following his pattern, the way that Jesus would have it done. And I believe that was the last scripture. Wasn't much, was it? So we talking about unity. So there must be unity. We must be on 
one accord. And as we do that, oh, it was one more. I meant to give you was Psalms 133. I love that scripture. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that run down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garment. So it starts from the head, and what does it do? It flows down. So that's what unity is, being on one accord. And as we on one accord, doing everything according to his way, his pattern, y'all, it's nothing missing and nothing broken in the body of Christ, is it? This is why we're supposed to uh, dissolve all of our differences. This is why we're supposed to go to the brothers and sisters in Christ instead of letting it sit there and fester for over a week or over a month. And guess what? The enemy keeps adding to that so we cannot be unified. So I pray that everybody learned something about uh, unity, coming together, being one, being on one accord. And it takes that. Um, in order for us to do things the way God will have them to be done. Amen? So next Tuesday, we will not be having Bible study. And the reason why, me and my husband will be celebrating our anniversary, so we won't be having Bible study next Tuesday. Actually, the anniversary is on Wednesday, but we won't have Bible study on Tuesday. Do we have any um, announcements? <laughs>